0: From NPR and WNYC, I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another. Over the next hour, we're going to bring you some of our most challenging games, some that we wrote to be tough, and others that just ended up that way in our really hard edition. And with me in the studio is our puzzle guru, the man who edits every single game you hear on the air, Art Chung. Hi, Ophira. Hello. Now, our first game is called International Doppelgangers, and this is a type of game we call a mashup game.
1: That's right. A mashup game is when we combine two very different things into one very long string of words. (laughs) And what we found is that some of our contestants can't really keep two things in their head at once. It's really hard. It's really hard when one subject is general knowledge, like geography, and another is pop culture, like celebrities.
0: And that's what happens in this game, International Doppelgangers, right? We're sexing up geography by adding in a little glamorous celebrity
1: barely sexing it up that's right so in this game you'll hear Ophira joined by Jonathan Colton and then the sounds of wheels slowly turning in the contestants' minds
0: On stage right now we have Kim Roth and Ryan Hyde Kim, do you ever have people telling you that you look like a certain celebrity? I've, I've had Kate Winslet
2: twice, but I see it at not at all. Kate Winslet not twice? Not at all. I can kind of see that. Oh. No. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Ryan, how about you? Have you been told anyone that you look like? Um, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. I know. It is striking. You can see it. Yeah, it's the eyes. So this game is called International Doppelgangers. So there are plenty of celebrities who are known throughout the world But you might be surprised to learn that some countries have their own versions of these well-known personalities Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how about an example? Did you know that in Buenos
1: Aires, there's a very funny actress and writer who had a hit TV show called Trenta
0: Rock? Her name's Argentina Faye (laughs) It's going to be okay, it's going to be okay (laughs) Stick with me, contestants I'm walking you through this so in this game, you're going to combine the name of a country with the name of a celebrity, okay? And the big hint here is that the country is always going to go first, like Burkino Faso, Sophia Eisenberg. See? Easy. <laughs> and the last name will always be the celebrity's last name unchanged.
3: Our radio audience can't see it, but these contestants look very confident.
0: Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play. To be or not to be a porn star, asked this actor in his breakout role in Boogie Scandinavian Nights. You can do it. We'll
2: talk it through
4: together. Kim. Denmark Wahlberg. Exactly correct. Denmark Wahlberg. All right.
0: This celebrity lookalike hails from the Andes mountain and is a real drag queen. Kim. Peru Paul Peru Paul Peru Paul Alright, I was trying to come up with what Peru Paul's Imaginary catchphrase would be What do you think of Machu peach too much No How about at the end of drag race In Peru Paul, he would be I'm sorry, you have to go alpaca your bags No I only have 40 more (laughs) This actor has portrayed everyone from Oscar Schindler to a Jedi Knight and can trace his lineage all the way back to Genghis Khan.
1: He's in Ulaanbaatar, somewhere between Russia and China.
2: Kim. Mongolia, Nisan? Yes! <laughs>
0: This pop diva from a four-letter Central African nation was proud that her British doppelganger was rolling in the deep.
5: The, the
1: nation sort of sounds like a man's name, four-letter man's name. Rolling in the deep.
4: Rolling in the deep. Ryan. Chad Chad
0: Chaddell. You got it. This is your last clue Okay I know I know Get excited You've got a friend In this Persian songster Who is also a favorite Of his nation's Short people Persian Songster He wrote a lot of Movie songs
2: <laughs> That is a darn good hint Toy Story 3 <laughs> That's not how the songs go It's Kim I-Randy Newman I-Randy Newman is right John Chinesky
0: How did our contestants do? You know, they scored some decent points I gotta say, but Kim did better, Kim wins the game Way to go, Kim This next ridiculously impossible game is a twist on the mashup game. That's right. We took the mashup game, and then we made it a little harder, where in this case we asked you to take words and nest them inside of other words in a game called Russian Dolls.
1: Right. Just like in a Russian doll, we took the word lamb, and we put it into the word cake, and you get? Lamb cake. Right. Or cake lamb. <laughs>
0: that's just a compound, no, not that's a just, nesting. That's,
1: yes. No, actually the answer is clambake. Clambake. Right. Tricky. Very yes. tricky. And we found that some contestants get this right off the bat. They understand the premise, and they can almost move the letters in their mind. And other contestants, not so much. They have a little trouble with it, and then, you know, they get, they lock up on stage.
0: Right. It's not like they have pieces of paper on them with them on stage. They actually have to do this inside of their head.
1: Exactly. And they probably wish they had some paper. Because uh, the pressure's on. Right. And the listeners at home are waiting for you to answer.
0: Well, judging you.
1: Silently judging you. That's, That's right. So let's listen in as Ophira and Jonathan Colton try to put the nun in conundrum.
0: Let's say hello to Allison Rudolph and Akil. You are my two word nerds, which tells you what kind of game we are playing. <laughs> Allison, you work in publishing as a book editor. I do. Very cool. What is your number one hobby?
2: Um, so my favorite things in the world are books and spreadsheets. So I keep track of every book I've read um, in an Excel spreadsheet. It has the author, the editor, the agent, and also the um, Library of Congress cataloging and publication data. Um, I love you.
0: Can I just say that right now, that I love you? You can find
2: it on the copyright page. It's usually very funny. They have Oryx and Crake, which is Margaret Atwood's sort of dystopian, futuristic novel categorized as a love triangle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And your contestant is Akil, who has one name. Akil, which is a cool name. Don't get me wrong. Thank you. But you really do not have a last name. No. Like, not even on your passport, driver's license? No. That's
3: that's not allowed. (laughs) Oh, it is, it is. In India, it's allowed. (laughs) I I found out that when I came here, it would cause a lot of more problems. uh,
0: (laughs) And and why is it exactly that you uh, don't have a last name?
3: Uh, The story that we've been told is uh, so my dad is a Muslim, my mom was a Hindu, uh, so when they got married they decided, let's not give our kids surnames uh, so that when they grow up uh, they can pick their own surname depending on what religion they pick. And then I chose not to believe in anything, so... (laughs) It's it followed logically that I had to not have a surname. So.
0: <laughs> this is going to be fun. This game is called Russian Dolls. As you know, Russian dolls nest inside of each other. And some words are like that as well. They contain one word nested inside of a different word. We'll give you a clue to a long word. And that clue will contain both of the shorter words. And it's your job to nest one word inside the other longer word. Don't worry, puzzler <laughs> or Chung, let's have an example.
1: If we said, mothers who want their sons to go into medicine might urge them to become these, the answer would be surgeons, which is the word urge, nested inside the word sons.
5: Okay. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Allison is rolling her eyes. That's totally easy, you guys. <laughs> I'll emphasize which words we want you to nest, uh, but we're not going to tell you which word is the one on the inside and which one is on the outside. So ring in when you know the answer, and feel free to talk it out. Akil is giving me eye contact that says yes. Allison is looking at the table and freaking out. Okay. An actor might try to play an aged character like King Lear in this kind of play. Allison. Tragedy? Exactly.
3: My uncle can't ride this contraption when the sidewalk is icy. A keel. Bicycle? Uh, close, but no cigar. Allison, do you have a guess?
2: Unicycle?
3: Unicycle is right.
0: And in that question, you had to put yourself in the place as the niece or nephew of a clown. Spilling a tray full of food on your clean new vest would be a ridiculous this. Allison. Travesty. Yes, only bigger travesty is wearing a vest. You are correct. Yeah.
3: When the shower drain is all clear, I was emphasizing there, the water level tends to be this. Allison. Shallower. Shallower is right.
0: If you don't obey your personal trainer, but just sit on your tush all day, you might develop this condition. Obesity. Akiel, that is correct. is that kind of funny? I was noticing this, that there is no I in team, but there is a sit in obesity.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a giant ape might try to climb this tall part of a castle. Akeel. Rampart? Oh, no. It's a good guess. Allison, do you know what it is?
5: Oh,
0: parapet?
3: Parapet. That's right. Yeah. Nice pull. Nice pull, Allison.
0: This is your final clue. It might awe you to know that this type of plant doesn't come from a seed. Crawler? Akeel? No, that is not what we're looking for. I'm sorry. Allison, can you steal?
1: Should we re-emphasize the words again?
0: Ah. <laughs> and? Seed. Oh, seaweed. Seaweed, that is correct. <laughs> Arch, these contestants did amazing because that was a really difficult game, but we will have a winner. Even though Allison was freaked out, she is our winner. Don't freak out, because coming up, we're going to take things up a notch by delivering clues in a different language. That's right, our house musician, Jonathan Colton, is going to sing in Italian. Thank goodness he constantly reminds us that he went to Yale. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you are listening to our really hard edition on Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Okay, so imagine this. It's summertime, and you call up a friend and say, Hey, do you want to meet me for a drink at the bar and explain to me exactly what's going on with the economy? And they say, Sure. And then imagine that that is an amazing night and a super fun conversation. Okay, now stop imagining. Stop imagining and just subscribe to the Planet Money Podcast. That's right. You can find the Planet Money Podcast on iTunes along with other fantastic NPR podcasts. You're listening to NPR's Ask Me Another, and this is our really hard edition. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our puzzle editor, Art Chung. When it comes to pop culture trivia, it turns out that general knowledge is dead.
1: Well, Ophira, if it's not dead, it's not feeling too well these days. That's true. Well, now you remember the show Welcome Back, Cotter, right? It's one of my favorites. Well, right. You might have seen it when it aired in the 70s or if it was on Nick at Night. But for a whole generation, people have no idea who that show was.
0: It's true. What I thought was the most important television show of all time when I was 13 is just not the same as a current 13-year-old. And that holds true for what I thought was important with uh, comic strips, novels, commercial jingles, well-known people named Nick.
1: That's right. And in this game, we're going to find out that people named Nick don't really have much cultural relevance these days. So let's listen into this round, led by Afira and house musician Jonathan Colton.
0: Let's say hello to our next two contestants, Sylvia Ozels and Darwin Connor. <laughs> Darwin, Sylvia, would you uh, did you give yourself a nickname growing up, or were you given one? Darwin, your name's Darwin. was there any nicknames?
3: Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this in public. Okay. Let alone on the radio. But in junior high school, I thought it was a good idea to call myself Big D. (laughs) And a friend of mine got me a red sweatshirt. This is in the 80s. That said, Big D in
0: quotes.
3: (laughs) Which I wore to junior high school. So that worked out well. And
0: you're like, look what I did for myself. I made myself very, very, very popular, very popular. <laughs> Sylvia, uh, what did you decide to call <laughs> yourself?
2: I never had a nickname really Because I was kind of a serious kid And so like, nobody felt uh, compelled to give me a nickname
3: Man, there are a lot of sad <laughs> stories on stage tonight
0: Did you have one in like if you could?
5: I did
2: briefly call myself Silent J because there's a silent J in my name.
3: Oh,
2: but it didn't really stick. It's like
3: an electric company story. (laughs) No, it's Big D and Silent J.
1: It's like an 80s rap group.
0: (laughs) All right, Big D, Silent J. This game is called Nicknames. And in this game, we'll get real familiar with people named Nick. I'm going to give you three made-up nicknames to describe a famous person or fictional character. And you have to ring in, in the nick of time, <laughs> and tell us who we're talking about. Puzzle Guru Art Chung, how about an example?
1: Sure. If we said Coppola's kin, Mr. Moonstruck, and a national treasure, the answer, of course, was Nick Cage.
0: Okay, and these nicknames, just remember, are made up. They're not real ones, uh, as far as we know. And we're also talking about people with variations on the name Nick. So don't be thrown. Let's go. Rich man, poor man, Malibu mugshot model, and the sexiest man alive in 1992. (laughs) Sylvia. Nick Nolte? Yes.
3: Yes. He was the sexiest man alive. I
0: life. know that is the most. <laughs> I
3: would never get that.
0: Yeah, and it that's.
3: Was, it was Slim Pickens in '92.
0: <laughs> not a nickname he gave I mean, himself. Not,
3: he was not the sexiest man. Slim Pickens was not the sexiest <laughs> man. I mean,
0: Slim Pickens. Pickens was... <laughs> literally were slim. He's all that, ringmaster of America's Got Talent, and Mr. Mariah Carey. Sylvia. Nick Cannon. Yeah. yeah.
3: Totally knew that one. Yeah, you did. My buzzer's not working.
0: Oh, you want to test it? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Paris's pal, Lionel's girl, not so simple lifer. Sylvia? Nicole Richie Yes, indeed.
3: What happened to you, big D? <laughs>
0: no. It's Silent Ticket. Call, Chase, big call me Silent D. <laughs> <laughs> Brit critic, Arsenal soccer fan, high fidelity scribe, Sylvia. She uh, Took a gasp. Nick and, Hornby. Yeah,
2: exactly.
3: <laughs> never heard that person.
0: <laughs> About a boy? Darwin, you've never heard of that person. I've never heard of that person.
3: I have no idea that. No? Is. Did this you? Is ever- completely unfair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. We always try to write personal quizzes, and it's hard. Maybe you know this one. We'll, we'll find out. Nick Cannon. <laughs> Pink wig enthusiast Idle judge dropout Feud fueled rapper Uh (laughs) Don't feel bad Don't feel bad Can I whisper to him and have him say it? (laughs) No, you say the word
4: I know Oh
0: Uh, Nicki Minaj Nicki Minaj, exactly (laughs) All right, this is your last clue Tambourine Tapper, Leather and Lace Lover, Fleetwood Mac Mama.
5: She's looking at me and answering.
0: I so feel bad. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is correct. Don't hate the play, I hate the game.
5: Wow, I do. I hate the game. <laughs>
1: I don't even know if we need to go for it, but clearly uh, Sylvia was our
0: winner. Congratulations, (laughs) Sylvia. (laughs) Let's meet our next two contestants Guy Matt and Danielle Sherman. (laughs) Danielle, you work as a clerk at the Brooklyn Board of Elections. That's very interesting. But you also are interested in Burmese Zodiac. What is that?
2: I found out that it existed because I was living in Southeast Asia. I had some friends who, you know, whatever. And um, <laughs> sure. one thing led to another, as it often does. And um, With the Zodiac. Yeah, with the Zodiac. It's, you can't get away from it. But um, no, I, I was looking into it because apparently in the Burmese Zodiac, um, part of it is that it depends on what day of the week you're born, like what animal you are, what creature you are. So you could be like an elephant or like something like a tiger. I'm like, I'm a guinea pig. I found out that I was a guinea pig. So I was like, oh, well, that fits me very well. So I, I became, I became a, a fan of What
0: that. day of the week is that? Friday. Fr- so
2: anyone born on a Friday is, is a guinea pig. Is a guinea pig, yes. There's
0: only seven possibilities uh, in Burmese Zodiac. Yes. And, and one of them is guinea pig.
2: Y- yeah. I, I lucked out. I lucked That's out. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't yeah. even
0: want to know what the other ones are. <laughs> <laughs> now, Guy, you work in IT and computers. I used to do that. Really? Where? Yeah, I, in New York in what capacity you want to talk about it in depth it was oh, back in a... I actually <laughs> enjoy talking shop yeah it was like back when I was doing like Windows XP pre-service pack 2 a... um, <laughs> do you speak Italian I don't okay Danielle do you speak Italian not that I know of perfect <laughs> Uh, this game is called Jingle All the Way, and what it has to do with is Jonathan is taking a side career in writing commercial jingles. You're working on Old Spice, I believe?
3: Y- yeah, you're right. Working on Old Spice right now. Uh, the oldest spice you can buy. That's <laughs> the working, working phrase I have so far. I'm still working on it, though. <laughs> That's good. I like it. No, actually, in this game, uh, I'm going to ask you to complete the lyrics to some famous commercial jingles. The twist is that I'm going to sing them in Italian. Because I, I took Italian in college, so my accent is pretty pretty great. A <laughs> couple of years, two years, two years, two years of Italian in college. So don't worry, all of this is absolutely correct. Uh, lucky for you, contestants, you don't have to answer in Italian. Oh, uh, just just tell us the product, and if, if you'd like to sing, sing it as part of the jingle. I think that would be appropriate. The audience all agrees, so that's. <laughs> So, we're going to give you an example right now. Voglio mio bambino ritorno, bambino ritorno, bambino ritorno, bambino ritorno. So, puzzle guru Mary Tobler, what was, that, what was that a jingle for?
2: Chili's, baby back ribs.
3: That's right. So, ring in when you know the answer. Pronto? Si. Yup. Okay. Yeah, that means ready. You got it. See, it's gonna be. Just use context clues. It'll be very easy. Here we go. Dammi una pausa, dammi una pausa, spezza mi un pezzo di questa cosa. Danielle,
2: a uh, Kit Kat bar.
3: That's right.
0: In Italian, it sounds like the Kit Kat Lounge, right? So it's
2: <laughs>
3: much cooler. Everything is much cooler in Italian. Such a
0: classy lounge. Yeah.
3: Non voglio crescere, sono un bimbo da qui. Ho ricevuto un milione di giocatoli da qui. Guy?
4: Toys are Us?
3: Yeah. Oh. As they would say in Italy, siamo giocatoli. <laughs> Which means we are toys. <laughs> okay, this is a cappella. That also is Italian. That means... <laughs> okay, here we go. Otto, cento, cinque, auto auto due, tre, cento. Danielle?
2: Uh, um, I actually have no idea. 1-800-AUTO-something. I don't know.
3: <laughs> auto means eight. I'm going to tell you that much.
2: one 800 <laughs> car for kids No? No. Just,
3: just list all the 800 numbers you I'm can think gonna, of.
2: I'm going to keep going. What is it? 1-800-MATTRESS? I, I don't no, I'm afraid
3: you've gotten it wrong several times, know. Guy. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? Empire, yeah. Uh-oh. That's right, Empire Carpet. Okay, here we go. Radopia la tua freschezza, radopia la tua gioia. Oh, nessun altra gomma rinfresca la tua bocca come dopia menta, dopia menta Goma Dopia menta. Nope. Oh, for God's sake!
0: I like that you're now angry well, now at them. Well, now I'm mad. <laughs> they, they are working together. The contestants. I, I just
2: asked me if I knew the answer.
3: No, <laughs> no, I said does dopia menta mean two times? Does the audience know what it is? Yeah. What is it? Double, uh, double mint. Yeah. You will be relieved to hear this is your last clue. <laughs> Non importa quel che succederà la freschezza è meglio nella vita con questo si è pieni di vita niente ti disturba se fresco e disinvolto con questo si è pieni di vita fresco va meglio con questa freschezza fresco va meglio con questo si
2: è pieni di vita this, Danielle, yes, I do, I do know this. You got this one, Danielle. Thank you. Uh, Mentos. Mentos. See. Si. Bravo. I, I, I've never gotten so much applause for doing so little.
3: Now you know what it's like to work at this show. <laughs> Mary, what happened in that game? Because I have can't a remember. Top. I've already blocked what? it out. We, what? Yes.
0: <laughs> Can you believe it? I know. Every once in a while, it is one-one. Oh no. <laughs> We're going
2: to have to go to a tiebreaker. Oh, dear God, no. (laughs) The phrase, Mamma Mia, that's a spicy meatball, comes from a classic commercial that was actually for what an acid? Danielle. Alka-Seltzer? Correct.
0: Let's say hello to Jim Harvey and Matt Melchiori. So, Jim, you are a self-proclaimed know-it-all. Yes. And you helped build a school in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I would like to hear about this. Well, it wasn't
3: exactly a school. We were, we were working with...
5: <laughs> I can tell it that. Was I, a, it I, was a
3: hospital. It, we were... <laughs> you're right. That is not exactly a school.
0: Uh, it I, was no, a no, mission no.
3: trip. We were doing construction on a hospital,
1: uh, for children with, uh, with tuberculosis.
0: That's amazing, and thank you. Matt, yes. you work in the New York Department of Education. What I do. do. You, what do you do there?
4: Um, I'm an educational administrator. I'm responsible for the operation of a group of 34 schools.
0: All right. This game is called Literary Comic Strips. Because as kids, we all loved reading the Sunday funny papers, but the comics are so short. So we have taken popular newspaper cartoon strips and mashed their titles with some classic books to produce longer literary works of art. Okay, Puzzle Guru, Greg Pliska, we need an example.
3: If we combined Gary Trudeau's comic strip about a bunch of baby boomers with Dee Brown's historical account of the plight of Native American tribes, that would be Doonesbury My Heart at Wounded Knee. Oh, Obvious. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. We could skip this. It's yeah. so easy.
0: So don't panic, okay? Just talk it out. Here we go. In this adaptation of a W.P. Kinsella novel, which was made into a movie starring Kevin Costner, a fat orange cat is told, if you build it, he will come.
4: Matt. Garfield of Dreams. Yes!
0: Everyone loves this game, right? How could you not? Call me Ishmael on my two-way wrist radio is how the story begins. It's the tale of a lantern-jawed detective who will stop at nothing to track down the whale or the hideously deformed gangster that stole his leg. Matt.
4: Moby Dick Tracy.
0: Yes. A lazy army private whose eyes are always covered by his cap sees his whole life change when he falls in love with the wealthy heiress Daisy Buchanan. He spends the rest of his short life building a fortune to impress her and his commanding officer, Sergeant Snorkel. Jim.
5: Beetle
3: Bailey... Beetle... Bailey Gatsby. All
0: right, okay, (laughs) Try, try it in another... The
3: Great Gatsby... Bailey
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah one more time and you said it perfectly keep going like exactly what you said just all the words let's
4: do it (laughs) the great Gatsby beetle Bailey yes yes
1: (laughs) I don't get it no I I don't either
3: (laughs) (laughs) you don't get it the great Gatsby beetle Bailey Bailey. Oh, if you I merge them so, it. it's the great Gatsby. Beetle Bailey Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I get it. yeah,
0: yeah I like that you're like, I don't get it This game's stupid <laughs> In an odd casting choice A pipe-smoking, spinach-swilling sailor man Plays a thrice-married, twice-widowed black woman named Janie Crawford In this adaptation of Zora Neale Hurston's 1937 novel
3: you're going to put the comic strip in the middle of the title. Okay. Of course, if you don't know the title, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> the title completes the quote They seem to be staring at the dark, but. Oh, 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 oh. Um, um. That doesn't really help. It's no. not. Um, it's, <laughs> okay. He's strong to, to the finish because he eats his spinach. <laughs> Yeah. We got Popeyes.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help. Just trying to help. How about this? Maybe he loves the Lord more than spinach.
3: And a part of his body is <laughs>
0: observing the Lord. All right, all right. Lord. Yeah, I think Bail we out. could. Bail I think, out. Okay. No. Anyone out there? Popeyes were God. Their Popeyes were watching God. Everybody knew that.
3: <laughs> Why are they never that obscure when I'm listening at home? (laughs) They are.
0: Our contestants are definitely bright. But even famous radio geniuses can get stumped every once in a while, like when we quiz Radiolab host Jad Abumrad on some accidental scientific discoveries. So stick around for more of Ask Me Another's Really Hard Edition from NPR. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm your host, Ofira Eisberg, and joining me for this really hard edition is our puzzle editor and often guru, Art Chung. Now, when you have a MacArthur Genius Grant recipient come on your show, you can't just give them any game.
1: No, we want to show that, hey, we're pretty smart too, so we decided to give Jad Abumrad a game that was right in his wheelhouse. We called it Accidental Science.
0: And like many of our VIPs, when they watch the show beforehand and see some of the other games, though, regardless of what they are going to do, they get totally psyched out.
1: I think they see some of the tricky word games, the songs sung in Italian, and they think, oh my God, what are they going to put us into?
0: Exactly. And often,
1: they're right. Listen for yourself and see how Jed did in this game about accidental scientific discoveries <laughs> featuring special guest musicians Paul and Storm.
4: Jed, were you sweating out? Backstage. Some of this stuff is abusively hard.
0: <laughs> abusively hard? I, I think it's not. It's like sort of. No, uh, no, it's
4: fine. It's, it's all in good quizzical fun. Good
0: and quizzical fun. But yes. you're ready. I'm ready. You're I'm a gonna, smart you know, guy. Gonna... You're going to ace this. We are thinking about science here, and sometimes scientific discoveries happen when large groups of people spend a lot of time working very hard on something and they solve a challenge, right? Like landing on the moon or sequencing the human genome. And other times, stuff happens by accident. And then someone gets a Nobel Prize. And this game is about that. We are going to tell you about happy accidents in science, and you have to name the invention or discovery that resulted from it. Oh, Lord. Fun, right? Okay. You'll be playing for one of our listeners, Sasha Woodward. And normally, when we do this, you have to get four right for that person to win a prize. But since you're kind of a genius, you have to get them all right. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think Come of that? On. Yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. Let's start. <laughs> all right. Okay. In 1945, an engineer named Percy Spencer was building radar transmitters for the defense contractor Raytheon. One day, he stopped in front of a magnetron, like you do. And he suddenly realized that the chocolate bar in his pocket had melted. His discovery would lead to what common kitchen appliance?
4: I'm going to have to go with microwave.
0: You are going to have to go with correct.
4: Who's my spirit animal? What's her name again? (laughs)
0: Spirit animal's name is Sasha Woodward. Okay, all right. Yeah. In 1941, George de Mestral went on a hunting trip with his dog in the Alps. He noticed at the end of the day, he and his dog were covered with burrs, small seeds that hooked into his clothes and his dog's fur. And after examining them under a microscope, hopefully he took a shower first and cleaned off the dog, he came up with an idea for what fastener?
4: Velcro? Yes, of course! Change lives, Velcro. You know, I read this story to my kid every day about the Apollo 11. It's all about Velcro. Velcro was huge in space at the very beginning of space travel. Yeah. Because things were floating around. They had to fasten it.
0: What did they do before that? They just couldn't have anything.
4: It knocked in their heads and woke them up in space.
0: <laughs> that was their alarm.
4: Thank She's goodness for Velcro. Okay.
0: In 1879, a chemist named Konstantin Fahlberg was conducting experiments on coal-tar derivatives. One night at dinner, he noticed that the dinner rolls were unusually sweet, but his wife insisted that she had not changed the recipe. This guy had a wife that made him dinner rolls. Let me point that out right now. <laughs> it turns out that he had left work without washing his hands, disgusting, so he went back to his lab, tasted everything in his workspace, weird, and then discovered an overboiled beaker. What sugar substitute did Fahlberg accidentally create?
4: Okay, can we go through this more slowly? Sure, let's do so, it. So <laughs> Fellow makes some sort of tar derivative. Coal tar derivative, Coal yep. tar derivative, ends up in the dinner rolls. Yeah, because he doesn't wash to his, his lab. hands. Something got onto his hands and into the dinner rolls.
0: Yeah, something, a beaker overboiled. And, it's and it is a, a sugar substitute. It's a sugar substitute.
4: In 1879. And it was in 1879.
0: And his first name is Constantine. Constantine. That should help.
4: Constantine. And his a wife sh- made dinner rolls. His wife, his made, wife dinner rolls. made dinner rolls. Just keep on vamping. Just and keep going. he did going.
3: not wash his hands before dinner.
4: Did not wash his hands. <laughs> and he tasted everything in the lab, including his lab partners. I can't think of any sugar substitutes except for saccharin. That's the one. That's it? Yeah. 1879?
0: That yeah. was made. I know. So far, you are doing great. You have a perfect score. Okay. In 1964, two Bell Labs engineers could not determine what was causing a low, steady noise in their giant antenna. They double-checked their data, recalibrated their equipment. They even cleaned out the pigeon droppings in the antenna. But the noise remained. Fourteen years later, Arnold Penzias and Robert Woodrow Wilson won the Nobel Prize in Physics for discovering cosmic microwave background radiation, which is considered proof of what cosmological theory?
4: The Big Bang.
0: Yes, indeed. That's four, right? That is four. fantastic. I know, you got one more. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one more moment to shine. <laughs> this one isn't technically a scientific discovery. It's just really cool. In the 1930s, Cleo McVicker invented a putty-like substance to clean the soot from coal-burning stoves off of wallpaper... Weird But mm-hmm. 20 years later Natural gas stoves were, be- were becoming popular And the demand For that product Fell So His company Almost went out of business Until a family member Heard that children Had trouble Using modeling clay So the company Decided to Remove the cleaning agent Add color dyes And start selling Their wallpaper cleaner
4: As what? Is that how Plato came into the world? Yeah <laughs> Is
0: wow. that not chilling? Hot damn. I don't know if you were this kind of kid, but I've eaten (laughs) Play-Doh. It's a little salty, but I didn't know it was a cleaning agent.
4: It's basically like bread, but with some dye in it, (laughs) mashed up.
0: Yeah, and turns out just missing one little thing that cleans soot off of (laughs) wallpaper. (laughs) But, Jed, you've done it. You got them all right. Congratulations. Thanks to you, Sasha Woodward gets an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, and you know what? So do you. We have a wonderful gift for you. We have an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube that is wrapped in our Ask Me Another chamois that you can use to clean your iPad screen, your glasses, other people's faces, whatever you want. (laughs) One more round of applause for our VIP, Jack Abumrad. How about a song, Paul and Storm? Sure.
3: In keeping with the science theme, this is a song sung from the point of view of a mad scientist who is sad. This song is called Live. I've worked so long Every
1: night and every day Been through hours and hours of research And dozens of graves The perfect girl Turns out was just too hard to find So I had to make her But can I make her mine? Will she be friendly? Or will she break free? Will she terrorize the villagers?
5: Will she notice me?
1: Hard work and science are what I have to give, and all I'm asking in return is that you live.
0: Holland Storm. Are you finding this all way too easy? Then why don't you come on our show and be a contestant? To reach us on Twitter or Facebook, just look around for NPR Ask Me Another, or you can send us an email at askmeanother at org. Looking forward to meeting you, Einstein. And recently we had another big music act join us. They Might Be Giants came to our show, and they really wanted to walk the fine line with a game that was not only difficult, but perhaps unanswerable. That's
1: right. They came on our show with the condition that they were going to mess with our contestants. And that goes against my better judgment in the sense that we wanted to be tricky usually, but we didn't want to be unanswerable or impossible.
0: Right. We say, like, these are games are impossible, but they're actually not impossible. They're not
1: technically impossible, but this game might have been technically impossible. This game is full of trick questions, but it turns out, one of our contestants was even smarter than we could possibly have imagined.
0: Now, this is, I have to admit, a little confusing because we have a lot of, uh, we have John Flansburg. Hi. And then we have John Linnell. Hello. And, of course, we have Jonathan Colton.
3: Hi. That's actually a different name, Jonathan. Is it is different.
0: different. I'm going to refer to you by your last name. Sure. Flansburg. It'll Linnell. be just like cool. in high school. Yeah. It's like we're part of a team.
3: Uh, yes.
0: Can you please share with everyone the title of this next game?
3: the title of the game is
0: Wrong! 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 (laughs) Let's hope our contestants don't take that too seriously and let's say hello to them, Craig Muller and Michaela Bly. (laughs)
2: Michaela, if I were to ask you what kind of trivia would you do the best at, what would you say? I sort of wish this weren't true, but it would be comedies of the early to mid-90s. <laughs> okay. Teen. Specifically, teen comedies of okay, the early so, to mid-90s. right, What would you say you would do the worst at? The Constitution. The
0: Constitution. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is, you know the important stuff. Craig, how about you? What, what do you excel at, trivia-wise?
3: The Constitution.
0: The Constitution. <laughs>
3: Well played, sir. Well played.
0: The winner of this game will receive a custom-recorded song by They Might Be Giants about them and Carl Castle for their home answering machine. (laughs) The loser of this game will get a voicemail message about Carl Castle and him or her in song form by They Might Be Giants.
3: What? Wait, so we both win Yeah, that's right, that's right <laughs> Amazing. You guys One fast. of the songs will be better than the other <laughs> And normally at this point we would explain the premise of the game And our puzzle guru would give an example But we're not going to do that Instead we're just going to ask you some trivia questions So just relax, it's all totally cool And they might be giants, we'll judge you
0: <laughs> Judge the, answer. the answers. The answers, judge answer. your
3: answers Here we go. We're going to start with a simple one. How many states are in the United States? Michaela. 50. Wrong! Michaela, um, there are only 46 states in the United States. The other four are Commonwealths. It's fun, right? It's a fun game. Awesome. Yeah.
0: If you look really close at the flag, are for the stars asterisks? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so uh, you getting a taste for what's going on. Who played the lead emergency room doctor on ER when it first premiered on network television in 1984? Michaela. George Clooney. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Michaela. We're talking about the first ER. (laughs) It was E slash R. And it it starred show business pariah Elliot Gould.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In feet, how long is the minute hand on Big Ben? Craig. Six feet. (laughs)
5: Wrong. <laughs> wrong wrong wrong
4: We're wrong wrong
3: The real answer is 0 feet and the reason is Big Ben doesn't have any hands because according to the British Parliament website the nickname Big Ben specifically refers to the bell that sits inside the tower not the clock <laughs>
5: Mm -hmm. Boy,
3: snap. It's getting kind of uncomfortable here in the room. Yes. All right, so this one is multiple choice, okay? Where was the first Outback Steakhouse restaurant? Sydney, Melbourne, or Perth? Michaela, I like your spirit.
2: None of the above. We have
3: a winning answer, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly right. It turns out um, that restaurant with the Bloomin' Onion, uh, it started in Tampa, Florida.
2: How'd that feel, Michaela? Oh my gosh, so good. (laughs) I feel like having that many wrong answers in a row makes a right answer feel so much better.
3: You're welcome. (laughs) It's the Stockholm Syndrome.
2: (laughs) This is your last question.
0: In what year did the War of 1812 begin? Craig.
3: It can't be 1812.
0: You, you need to make a decision. I'm, I'm sorry, Craig.
3: 1811. Wrong. The year was 1812. <laughs>
0: as angry and exhausted as you are. (laughs) Archung, how did our contestants do?
1: By a score of one to nothing, Michaela, you're our winner.
0: (laughs) You'll never forget what year the War of 1812 began again.
5: (laughs)
3: it's Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, Constantinople, been a long time gone, Constantinople, now a church of light, honorable at night, every cow, Constantinople, lives in Istanbul, Constantinople, so you a date, Constantinople should be waiting in Istanbul, even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it? I can't say.
4: People just liked it better that way. So take me back to No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, why to Constantinople? Get the works. That's nobody's business but the Turks.
0: And that's all for this really hard edition. I hope you feel smarter and we have more stumpers next time and maybe a couple softballs too. If you would like to come to a live taping of Ask Me Another at the Bell House in Brooklyn, just go to amatickets.org and you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, his name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzle gurus were John Chinesky. Oh, heck, ninjas. Mary Tobler. Later, my bro. And Greg Pliska. Sparkle Gig. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung.
3: Narc Thug.
0: With additional puzzle writing by Storm D. Costanzo, Mark Halpin, Josiah Madigan, Brock Mahan, Christine Walters and Kyle Beakley Ask Me Another Others produced by Jesse Baker
3: Jab Seekers
0: Josh Rogerson.
3: Rhino's Jog So
0: John Asante
3: Hat No Jeans
0: Eleanor Kagan
3: and Orange Lake
0: and our intern Kathy Zhao
3: has hot yak
0: along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Paul Ruwest, Damon Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House, Hot
3: Heel Blues,
0: and our production partner WNYC. I'm Her Right Begonias,
3: Ophira Eisenberg,
0: and this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Actor Andy Serkis reveals how he created Gollum's unmistakable voice.
2: I actually based it on uh, my cat coughing up furballs.
0: <laughs>
2: and that's how it came out. So I thought...
0: Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's guiltiest and most puzzling pleasure. amazing. You're still here. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Okay, so imagine this. It's summertime, and you call up a friend and say, Hey, do you want to meet me for a drink at the bar and explain to me exactly what's going on with the economy? And they say, Sure. And then imagine that that is an amazing night and a super fun conversation. Okay, now stop imagining. Stop imagining and just subscribe to the Planet Money podcast. That's right. You can find the Planet Money podcast on iTunes along with other fantastic NPR podcasts
5: the best things